Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. My name is James D. Fiore, and this is Blackball. Well, I'm excited for tonight's show. It has been a while since our guest today has been here. But as many of you know, over the past, I guess, year and a half now, uh, I have done, I think, I think the last count, I think, was a 45 podcast that centered around a cult known as the Brethren Christian Church. And the person that sort of started it all off uh, is is our guest today. He is a man who blew the whistle on certain financial frauds that the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church-owned companies were perpetrating in the UK. He was then hunted down uh, and harassed by private investigators, and he remains in hiding today. I found him because I... Actually, no, because he called me. Um, I, I didn't have any special talents, but I, I did. I did find him because he called me. Anyways, please welcome to the show. His name is Richard Marsh. Richard, how are you, buddy? I'm good, thank you, James. It's been a while. Um, first of all, thank you for joining us tonight. I have been uh, not out of the loop, but I have been um, out of the country, and uh, I think the last podcast I did with the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church member was probably about five weeks ago, I think, and. Uh, Interestingly, um, just when I started to, to get back in contact with you and Cheryl, there has been uh, interesting developments that have taken place over the last month. Can you bring us up to speed on the current situation that we are seeing um, play out even uh, or unfolding even today uh, as far as the, the PBCC goes? Sure. Yeah, well, the, the, the current crisis within the PBCC is that the Chicago congregation uh, is trying to get a new meeting hall, school and supermarket. Um, They have their own private supermarkets and they had located a very nice site in the Chicago suburb of uh, Barrington, which is actually one of the USA's most expensive areas for real estate. Beautiful area. Um, And they had tried to get this planning permission for this site to uh they they were trying to get it to go through without drawing any attention to themselves or with anyone actually um realizing what was happening um but fortunately the residents of barrington were very sharp-eyed and buttoned up uh they they contacted us um that is to say the get a life podcast team the ex-brethren community and we 
worked together with them and put together some some literature and a video, a kind of a podcast for them. And of course, what they discovered when they they spoke to us is that what was proposed for Barrington was actually f- far worse than they'd anticipated. And the reason is that the brethren are notoriously dishonest when it comes to planning permission. They mm. grossly understate what their intentions are. They have no conscience whatever about lying about what they're intending to do. And, you know, they try and slide things in under the radar. And then often, you know, once they've got the permission, they will often build far more than they said they would or they will break the conditions of the planning permission. Um, so, yeah, that's that kind of went down a week ago. There was a public meeting in Barrington. Can I let it, me stop? Let me stop you right there because I want to. I want to show a clip. Uh, first of all, I want to show people what the actual uh, property looks like, so you can get an idea. And I'm going to mute this. Um, so this is an aerial view. For those on Spotify or Apple, you can please welcome to go to my YouTube page. Uh, you can see this is an aerial view. I don't know how many acres this is. It looks like probably about 100, 120 acres. I have no idea how big it is. But, um, you know, it shows uh, a lot of land that could be developed. Now, um, I'm going to take away this video now because it's it's tough for people that don't have uh, the video. But the one of the one of the main things that stuck out for ex brethren members and especially yourself because i know that you have experience helping build these churches right um the assembly halls or whatever they're called um i I think that might be uh jehovah's witness it's called the assembly hall but whatever whatever what are they called in the pvcc they call them meeting rooms Oh, how yeah. delightfully or, uh, Well, boring. internally, they call them <laughs> meeting rooms, and externally, they refer to them as gospel halls. Okay. So um, now you have experience building these, and so you happen to know from the specs that there are, uh, I don't know if they're small, medium, and large, but the large ones have a capacity of around 3,000 people. And, what, and, and if I may um, just preempt you a little bit by showing a clip of one of the uh, I guess the, I don't know if it's the PBCC spokesperson who was yeah. at a Chicago um, uh, planning meeting. I guess with the with the Chicago City Council. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Well, with the Barrington Council, yeah, and the residents, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to play that, and then we'll unpack it when it come back. Emphasize yeah. here is that um, what we want to do is um, accommodate a special occasion that might happen once a year in which it would come to full capacity of a thousand members. We knew it was going to happen. What's interesting about that video is that um, I guess the spokesperson didn't expect the people that attended the council meeting to be as familiar with certain details as as they were. So um, tell me what sticks out to you in that video. Yeah, well, it's very interesting. The young guy speaking is Dale Dina, who's a young member of the Brethren from Chicago. And he was there with Steve Johnson, who's a, a more senior member. And they were sent along as as a, as a delegation to try and sell this plan to the villagers of Barrington. Mm. Now, Dale, completely dishonestly, I mean, this is an egregious lie, says that the full capacity 
of the meeting hall they're proposing is a thousand people and you can hear the room kind of goes into uproar because they're shocked that it's going to be a thousand people but the the fascinating thing is that at the absolute bare minimum at the most generous interpretation the capacity of the meeting hall they're going to build is 2000 people and in fact if it's a really special occasion such as when bruce hales the cult leader comes over they will actually open up huge sliding doors into the foyer areas and then they will get nearly 3000 people in yeah i don't know what was more uh dishonest the fact that they're only going to use it for once a year w- once a year for big events that seemed uh like a lie and or the other part where where the, you could hear the, uh, the, the, the citizens who came to witness the council meeting um, gasp at the idea that this planned development would only be for members. Did I catch that correctly? Is that what they were kind of like, you know, uh, a little bit pissed off about? Well, that's actually an, a, another clip, which, uh, which I hadn't sent you, but there's another clip in which one of the residents questions Steve Johnstone, the other representative, to say, well, is this a public church? And he's fluffing around and dodging the question. And so she says, well, look, if I came to the door and I knocked on the door and could I, could I come in and, or is it just for members only? And the guy kind of shrivels up in his chair and says, well, well, I'd have to refer you to our website. <laughs> and so she says, well, it's not a public church then, is it? Because yeah. the poor guy is not used to being upbraided by a woman because in the in the brethren, the women are very subject and are not allowed to speak. So he probably thought it was going to be a walkover and she just kind of wipes the floor with this guy, which is actually very funny. Yeah, there's a lot of ancillary details that kind of emerge when you talk about um, having, uh, having the uh, council approve something that is so um, exclusive to uh, a certain group of people. Um, one of them probably is property taxes. I'm imagining, yeah. you know, that, that is a large area in a very wealthy suburb of Chicago. Yeah. The property taxes. I mean, in 2002, um, I, I was working on a story that actually I never finished because, uh, the publication that I was working for decided to, to spike it, but I was working on a story about, uh, all the missing tax revenue in Canada. Sorry, my cat is climbing on my desk um all the mixing ta- uh, all, all of the uh, shortfalls in, of property tax revenue in canada uh, totaled something like 1.2 billion dollars mm. and the church of scientology alone was like 1.4 million dollars in that prime real estate that they had in toronto so i'm looking yeah. at that and that is like I, I just off the, it just looked like about a hundred acres. I could be totally off by that, but the property taxes on that alone would be huge. Is is, is that part of the milieu of complaints that you're hearing from residents? Is is that oh, kind yeah, hundred percent? It's a thirty-two acre site they're looking at. Uh, I mean, the I whole, whole reason, sixty-eight. Yeah, the whole yeah. reason that that churches don't pay property tax is because they're a public service. The whole point of them not being taxed is that it's a service to the public, the public use them. This is absolutely not that. It's a private club. It should be taxed as a private club. Mm-hmm. Now, if the, if the council was to, was to um, sell this land for any other use, for residential or business use, whatever, then, then they get revenue every year on the property tax on that. 
But if they if they sell it to the brethren, the whole site will be fenced off with a six foot security fence. No one can go there and walk their dog. No one can use any of the facilities on there. It's all behind security gates, plus no taxes paid. So there's no ongoing financial benefit to the community at all. Um, what I like about this story and what sets it apart, I think, from other stories that I've covered with the help of yourself and Cheryl and the Get a Life podcast crew and others is that we've seen a public reaction. Now, it might not be a massive swath of people who are protesting, but I'm going to play a little clip here. Now, again, that, that's a, almost like a smattering of protest. It's not like massive. But um, the other cool thing is that the, me- the local media has decided that they are going to pay attention to this. And uh, we have. So that's another clip. Sorry, I didn't realize that my voice got muted if I used that particular uh, yep. way of playing a video. But the, there there have been protests. The local media is following it. I believe uh, you were telling me that CBS or NBC has been they covering got, this they, as well. Go yeah, they've got NBC, they've got ABC, and they've got the Chicago Tribune. And, and one of those outlets, one of the big ones, actually sent the helicopter to, to video it. The other one's got one of those huge vans with the satellite dishes on top and a big camera on the ground. And and yeah, so this is this is turning into a big story, um, and this is this is actually pretty much unprecedented. This has never really happened before. I've never seen placards out on the street and people chanting "No PBCC." Mm. Um, it's you might say it's small, but it's uh, it's a precedent that the brethren are going to be extremely scared about because this stuff spreads on social media like wildfire. And the next time they want to get a big meeting room somewhere, all this footage is going to come up again. So this this makes me happy. Um, you know, th- this this idea that this um, organization has been able to operate uh, unscathed, basically, uh, you know, uh, for really its entire existence, with the exception of a couple of scandals that have happened. But they're so brazen um, and they get uh, they're able to you know, secure government contracts and uh, the the level of abuse that happens and the doctrine of separation, all of these things are now, um, it seems to me, could come out, all of it, the entire package of what this organization does to people could come out in one story about a, a planning proposal in a suburb of Chicago. I think this is something that that, sh- that could be celebrated. I, I hope that the, uh, that, that, you know, that, you know, people like yourself and Cheryl and others still are able to throw gasoline on that fire to, to get people to understand what exactly they're dealing with. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's no shortage of ammunition. I mean, the brethren, the, you know, there's all kinds of aspects of the brethren that are very, very unacceptable in the community. I mean, there's the alcohol for one thing. And I don't know if you could hear at the beginning of one of those clips, someone was shouting something about having, alcohol in their schools now that was a yeah what was that about that that was interesting they they sell liquor in an elementary school i was like 
yeah. they didn't do that in my elementary school. That'd be awesome. Well, no, well, what's behind that is on the plan, they, the, the brethren submitted an incredibly kind of grainy, uh, very difficult to read plan with kind of really tiny writing on that you can hardly read. But basically what they're putting on those 32 acres is a 17,000 square foot meeting hall, which, as I said, they can, they'll cram 3,000 brethren into. Um, but on the other side of the site, they're putting a school, one of their own schools, and they're also putting a superstore, which they call Campus & Co. They've got this chain of very, very high-end supermarkets, members only, brethren members only. You can't buy a card like Costco. You have to be a, you know, a, a, a certified brethren member. And those stores, everywhere they can, once they've set the store up, the store applies for a liquor license. And then they have a very, very well-stocked liquor section with lots of high-end um, strong spirits. And, 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 and in the plan, the, the store is attached to the school, and the store also has one of those big um, loading bays for semi-trailers, you know, with the kind of high-level um, shelf that the truck backs up to and everything. Um, and, and so, yes, if they can get away with it, they will be selling liquor out of the same building as their school. Um, wow. Is this um, is this an example of uh, the PBCC suffering from their own hubris, or oh, yes. or or did they have the right to feel like this would just go under the radar because almost everything else does? No, I mean, it, it, what it comes down to, it's it's everything coming home to roost because they've pursued this uh, doctrine for to a hundred years of. Rigid separation for the world. You must have a hatred for the world. You have to keep separate from the world. You mustn't have to do with worldly people or socialize with them. Uh, and they they want to be completely um, self-sufficient. But when it comes down to something like planning permission, suddenly they need a favor from those people that they love to rubbish and despise. And, of course, then it all comes home to roost because you, you can't have it both ways. You know, if you really want to hate the world so much... You better bugger off on some desert island somewhere where they're not going to bother you. you. You can't have it both ways. I'm just getting a, a, a live report. Um, the campus and company actually um, forces people to take breathalyzer tests before you go in. And if you blow over, you're probably brethren. I'm just getting that report. <laughs> that would close them down overnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. uh, okay. So this is interesting because it, like, what do you think people watching – whether or not you're ex-brethren or not, is there anything that, that we can do that, that, that you can come up with um, that will increase the chances of this story, not just not going away, but sort of blossoming into an overarching story about the organization itself? Well, yeah, I think, I think it is going to. Um, I mean, it's interesting that this blew up in the USA because in some ways that's the hardest place to get traction on these stories, basically because the US is very fervent about freedom of religion and they're quite used to wacko bible bashers mm. um so for this to get this kind of traction in the usa is a very dangerous precedent for when the brethren next want to build a meeting room in in the uk or in canada where things are a little less tolerant of you know you can do anything as long as it's called religion um interestingly another story popped up right today i I was um, I was looking at this story and I realized that the Brethren call all their 
meeting hall trusts that, that actually build and own these things. They call them gospel hall trust. So I thought, well, what happens if I put gospel hall trust into a Google search? It might pull up some stories that don't actually name them as Plymouth Brethren. Plonked it in. The first story that comes up is from Wales over in the UK, where the Brethren of, are converting an old abandoned chapel into a small meeting hall. This is one of their little local meeting halls, sort of a 50-seater. Mm. And they're just bulldozed the cemetery associated with the chapel they'd run a bulldozer through the gravestones and laid down a eight parking spaces and the locals wow. are outraged they call it a most callous act of destruction and they hadn't got permission uh, i mean to do anything to build over a grave or anything you actually need permission from the home office which is like the you know, central government federal level permission and this story is just blowing up today so i've been talking to the the reporter who put out the story hadn't made the connection with the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church because the planning application was just put in by the such and such Gospel Hall Trust. Oh. So I emailed him and said, hey, you realize this is the PBCC and sent him a few connections. And he came back with a whole lot more questions. So, Sorry, that was a reporter from the Chicago Tribune? No, no, no. This is, oh. this is over in Wales in the UK. Oh, okay. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So this is the next thing that's blowing up. But I mean, the common the common factor between the two things is, yes, you've got some local protest, but the locals don't realize just what they're dealing with and how bad it is. So that's where we kind of the Get A Life podcast, the ex-brethren come in. We say, hey, look, here's the down and dirty on these people. This is what they're really doing. And that sort of escalates the local protest that might not get anywhere into a really big and serious protest that's how they get away with a lot of things is that that people don't know that yeah. they're dealing with the plymouth brethren christian church when they're dealing with acme inc with with yeah. whatever company um yeah, yeah, that exactly. that is interesting because yeah. it'd be <laughs> excuse me it would be interesting to see regulations take place where every time the rapid relief team went out or anytime they were applying for a government contract that they yeah. would have to put on their application uh yeah. you know we're, we're proud conglomerate or whatever or proud like you know subsidiary of the plymouth brethren christian church because i think that a lot of their success might just disappear overnight if they did something like that yeah well it's it's kind of ironic because they they always used to be known as the exclusive brethren so if you go back in the headlines there's hundreds and hundreds of headlines with very adverse media about the exclusive brethren breaking up families and so on and so then they rebrand as plymouth brethren christian church uh, and partly the reason for that was to um, start with a clean sheet and remove themselves from being associated with the bad smell of exclusive brethren. But now it's reached the stage where there's so many bad headlines about Plymouth Brethren Christian Church that they've now got to the point where when they put in planning applications, they they suppress that and very carefully don't mention that it's Plymouth Brethren Christian Church. It's just the so-and-so Gospel Hall Trust. Uh, we have so, a live you know, update. They're going to have to rebrand again. You know, you could make a suggestion as to what to call them. Cheryl Hope, I believe it's Cheryl Hope, is in the comments. She's got a live update. Getting info from the community center. I'm assuming that's in Chicago. Or, sorry, yeah. what is it? Barrington? Is that the name of the place? Bar Barrington is the subdivision of Chicago where this is all going down at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Well, Cheryl says that uh, info from the community center where the rally was. No PBCC showed up to this meeting, but the Park District <laughs> Committee is being hammered about the PBCC. So have they, I wonder if that means that they've given up or if they want to try to quiet it down before they continue. 
Well, they're cowards. They, 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 there's nothing they hate more than actually coming face to face with ad- adversity. Yeah, they're happy to throw millions of dollars at lawyers to do their dirty work. But yeah, I mean, look at those clips of those guys and the meetings getting rowdy, and you can see the fear in their eyes. I mean, they think all of us who are not in their brethren are, uh, are run by Satan anyway. You know, they think they're dealing with old Nick. Um, so yeah, they're, they're they're chickens. I didn't expect them to turn up. I've never I, I felt good about Satan until the PBCC accuses regular people of being controlled by him. Now I'd like to interview yeah. Satan, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I would pretty love much. To. Um, <laughs> listen, let, let, let's cut it there because uh, I, what I want to do, I, I want to announce something actually. Um, I have Casual Friday. I have my Sunday report. And I, what I'm going to try to do is do two podcasts in the middle. One, uh, just interview random uh, whoever's. And then one Plymouth Brethren show a week. Uh, I, I was um, going to the Plymouth Brethren well so much that I sometimes had to take a break. Like it was just, you know, listening to people to share their stories. They're very painful stories. Um, I wasn't triggered. It wasn't anything like that. But it just I, I, I noticed that I needed to decompress a little bit. So I think what I'd like to do is do a sort of Plymouth Brethren update show or interview show once a week. And then uh, I'll, I'll have my three or four shows a week that I'll do. And uh, and I was really happy to talk to you today because I it's been a while. Um, and uh, now that you're in Iceland, um, yeah. I think it's great that <laughs> that, that you that you, you yeah you peeked your head over the hedge again. And I think it's it's wonderful. So yeah. um, so listen, is there, it, unless there's anything you want to add, we'll cut it there. But I, I really appreciate your time, and uh, I'll give you a call after the show's over. No, thank you, James. It's thank always you, a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Uh, that was Richard Marsh. Yeah, this is uh, this is great. Just to recap, uh, the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church wanted to uh, purchase, I guess, uh, 32 acres of land in a suburb of Chicago called Barrington, uh, where they wanted to build uh, one of their little one of their big giant chapels on it. Um, they lied about all of the specifics. They want to have a school there where they sell liquor in a store in the same building that the school is in because pbcc i i I, that is amazing to me um imagine that imagine trying to pull that shit in ontario where you have to go to a government designated place to buy your alcohol uh and the people uh who were this is what okay this is the vision that cheryl and richard and to a lesser extent myself sort of had last year when we were talking about how do we get the media to really take a look at all these abuse stories. And um, we, we, we were, we've been spitballing about this for months. And one of the suggestions that, uh, that, that we, that I think we all sort of had the same suggestion is that whenever there, I think it started off with the PBCC owned companies getting government contracts. And um, what I wanted to do is to inform uh, the ministries responsible for awarding these sole source contracts, especially when it came to COVID related contracts like PPE contracts to inform these ministries that they were dealing with a company that um, had a really bad checkered history, both historically and in present day, especially when it came to abuse and to see if we could ding uh, and damage the, the PBCC by doing sort of an end around their business and trying to get a PR campaign about them to be front and center more so than uh, their contacts within government. That didn't really work. Um, you know, despite our lack of trying, uh, despite no lack of trying, but this story um, kind of falls into that same strategy. So, you know, they they wanted to develop some land. That doesn't seem like a sexy story, 
But then all of a sudden, uh, you know, because the media there were interested, uh, the Get a Life podcast crew, specifically, I would say Richard, uh, Cheryl, probably Carmen, uh, but I, I don't have that confirmed, are able to then share their experiences with uh, the local politicians and organizations and the media and turn what would normally be a pretty uh, boring story about uh, 32 acres being purchased by an organization into what could be, and it's still developing, a, a sort of scandal. Now the media uh, and, and journalists and reporters are going to be digging into this organization and informing people in the Chicago area exactly what this organization is all about. This is the kind, these are the kinds of stories that I think will ultimately be either the undoing of the PBCC or will damage their reputation to the point that maybe other cities are going to start taking a look at them as well. So I think this is a great development. I'm going to continue to follow this story as closely as I can. Um, I'm going to get uh, counsel from uh, Richard and Cheryl and others, and uh, we will keep you updated on any further developments. Uh, until then, I'll see you next time on Black Bolt. Black Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.